Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to it like Dan Red Wings. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fisher. With me today, as always, is the Oracle Scotty Bentley, who continues to validate his moniker, as he called it as far back as last Friday, that the Detroit Red Wings would beat the St. Louis Blues. He restated that hunch last night, and then here we are right now on a very happy Thanksgiving as the Detroit Red Wings snapped their four-game losing streak and beat the St. Louis Blues. Second in the Central Division, St. Louis Blues, 4-2 to two in Detroit. Scotty, thank you. You are all so welcome. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. That's all we can say as, God, for the, for the first time in what seems like forever, we are... I mean, we're always happy to be here, but we are amped to be here because it's just another one of those games, Scotty, where everything that could have gone right, I mean, everything that could have gone right did go right in terms of the players you're looking for to be consistent producers on this team. Absolutely. It was beautiful. It, it was uh, it was an incredible, incredible performance, and it wasn't flawless, I mean, they, you know, we got outshot by 15 or whatever, but Ned was on one. Oh, Ned, Ned was on one, and that, that's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But uh, the offense, I thought, was incredibly aggressive and not aggressive in the sense of just taking a ton of shots and, and getting – because, I mean, we ended with 23 shots. We had four goals on 23 shots. But the fact that – you know, efficiency, sure. But I thought they were aggressive in the sense of, uh, like, in front of the net, just just playing damn good hockey in front of the net, whether it was setting picks. Like, for the Adam Ernie goal, I, I thought that was a very good uh, very good screen there in front of the net. But also just, just attacking the net in general and, and creating opportunities by always just plunging toward the net and we've seen that that is where a lot of this team's success has come the entire season that our best games are when we continuously control the puck right in front of the net and that seems fairly obvious i guess but um just just like nose diving like like no just like a bowling ball just head down just just diving straight at the net and things happen and that is exactly what happened tonight it was it was beautiful i mean the larkin goal uh, it, it was it was just beautiful. Yeah, and the Lucas Raymond goal was a nice pass from uh, Tyler Bertuzzi to set him up for a goal. It was just, man, it's just so it's such a good feeling to have a win, especially. And you could tell that those three days off were so needed for this team on a after a really rough road trip, and they came out just flying. And we talked about it last week. You know, we got that article from NHL.com about Jeff Blashill's like. It's about chances. It's not about shots. It's about scoring chances. This was one of those games where they got heavily outshot. 
but they dominated the scoring chances and the conversion rate of the scoring chances. Now, granted, and we will talk about it and rave about him in the second segment, Alex Nedeljkovic is a huge reason why they won 4-2 because the dude was stellar again. But the Detroit Red Wings capitalized on their prime scoring chances more often than the St. Louis Blues did. So despite being outshot, they came away with a 4-2 win and just gave us all such a nice Thanksgiving treat. And there's so many players to talk about in this game as to like why it was so fun to watch. Like it wasn't just the top line today. It was even that second line. You know, Nemesnikov had an assist. Uh, Pew Suter had an assist. Obviously, uh, Robbie Fabry had uh, the empty net goal and another assist. So it wasn't just the top line today. It was the second line finally contributing as well. And that will create, you know, a trickle down factor as the you know, as the season goes on. And when we talk about, you know, just coming off a four-game losing streak, when they talk about consistency, it starts at the top. And this top line has not stopped being consistent all season long to this point. Lucas Raymond now has 20 points in 21 games. Mm. Like, boom. I, mm. You know, what freaking Moritz Siders out there again with 22 minutes. And that, you know, he was only third in minutes in tonight's game. We had four defensemen with other over 20 minutes on the ice. Just one of those games where it just, it feels good to be a Red Wings fan. You, that, that future is so bright. Absolutely. And, and it's the, the depth was really good too. And, and the depth had the same exact mindset as the front line. Crash the net, crash the net, crash the net. Wreak havoc in front of the goaltender. And that's exactly what they did. And I, it was beautiful. And again, like we got, we got outshot by 15. Um, the, the defense wasn't, wasn't unbelievable by any stretch. It wasn't a perfect game. We gave up two goals, but goodness. The, the, what, what a efficient way to take advantage of, of offensive opportunities. Zadina almost even had one there and, and got a little unlucky and, and uh, almost had a nice little flip in again in front of the net, um, but, but wasn't able to net that one. And, and just, I mean, really as a whole time, like when, when everybody has the same mindset and has the same strategy on offense and is playing the same type of hockey it really makes the it 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 really makes the the offense not skip a beat everybody was just was just collapsing in front of their net collapse 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 and hope something good happens and and enough good things happen today to get a win yeah and got to talk about adam ernie's shot that was a freaking rocket from, the, uh, from almost the blue line is where he fired it. And what? how many does that even give him on the season? He has three goals and three assists. You know, real real do- domination from Adam Ernie on the on the offense so far this season. But it was it was a beauty of a shot. And just, I mean, it's that depth scoring part that we harp on. We continue to harp on it. But, <laughs> I mean, despite getting, and then, here's another thing too. One thing that you said yesterday that you were really afraid of of the St. Louis Blues was their power play. And they did convert one of three power plays, uh, chances for a goal, and that was the first period power play they had when uh, Michael Rasmussen went to the box for two uh, for slashing. Uh, other than that, though, the other two penalties the Red Wings had, 
They were able to shut down, and they were in the third period. One was the Osterley, one was the Cider. In crunch time, they were able to kill that off successfully. And so it was a pretty clean game overall. They stayed out of the box for the most part. Blues didn't take a single penalty, which I don't know how they managed that, especially with some of their antics in front of the goalie. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. They won the game. We're focusing on that. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's this is when we talk about the Detroit Red Wings, and we talk about their strengths this season. Their strengths this season are they can play up the tough opponents. They know the assignment, and they know what, what to look out for and shut down. And, you know, the rookies. <laughs> That's the strengths. And this is one of those games where the strengths won you the hockey game. Yeah, Oracle again. Oracled said the again. only thing I was afraid of was the power play. They score a power play goal, and we get a win. Uh, it's... You know, it's it's. Uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need my Thanksgiving dinner today to uh, to to regain my my abilities and my powers back because it, it drained a lot out of me being this accurate today. Um, but it, it, I would much rather we give up a power play goal in the first than the opportunities they had to score power play goals in the third. So I'll, we'll take it, baby. We'll absolutely take it. And I, I thought they looked pretty good on the penalty kill too. And you know, obviously they let up, they let up a goal, and that will raise the already very high percentage for the Blues on the season. Uh, so, so it won't look like it in the in the record book. But I, I really did think that the the penalty kill was pretty decent, especially for how, uh, how, how. I guess I would say porous. The defense honestly looked <laughs> as a whole. Um, I, I thought the penalty kill part of the defense was actually not too bad in the in the third period there. So we'll take it, baby. We'll I'll, I, we'll take a win over the Blues. I'm amped. I'm buzzing. Yeah, and defense is something we also want to touch on too. And I, I kind of mentioned it with how the amount of minutes there were and the, the defensive lines as a whole were kind of jumbled, and uh, we will talk about that. We will talk about Nedeljkovic. I promise you this. And uh, we'll talk about some of the players that did not play in this game or did not return after the start of the game. Uh, but first, got to send you guys to a quick break. Oh. Looking for his first goal in eight. And for Raymond, the choice scores! Lucas Raymond gets his eighth goal and his 20th point, leading all rookie categories. All right, Scotty, as we continue to break down this 4-2 Detroit Red Wings victory over the St. Louis Blues, I think uh, we raved enough about our favorites, Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi. Um, let's talk about the defense a little bit now. There was a bit of a mixing and matching going on this game. In the defensive zone, in the in the line pairings in general, Hronik uh, and Letty were your top pair, which you know, I could I, I'm fine with. Nick Letty at 24 minutes and 22 seconds led the way for the defense, with Hronik getting 24 minutes and 20 seconds. And uh, your second defensive pairing, and this is where it gets weird. Moritz Sider, with the absence of Danny DeKaiser, who was scratched late due to COVID protocol, which Hope he's okay. Hope it's a false positive like it was for Dylan Larkin. Uh, was paired up with Jordan Osterley instead. A guy who was pretty much a healthy up until Troy Stetcher got out with a with a wrist surgery. 
And they both got over 20 minutes in this game. They both got a penalty in this game. And then, so your final pairing was then Dan Renouf, who got called up because of the Troy Stetcher injury and was paired up with Gustav Lindstrom. That is one hell of a defensive core right there. That is one hell of a... Shout out Dan. Shout out Dan. Last (laughs) Wings game was, was, uh, was damn near five years ago was the last time he suited up for the Detroit Red Wings. And uh, he's back and better than ever, baby. Just like bet online. Yeah, for real. Had a plus two on the night. Had a plus two for Dan. I love that. I love (laughs) stories like that, man. That is absolutely electric. Yeah, the last time he suited up in a Red Wings uniform was in the 2016-2017 season. The very, was that the final year at the Joe or the very first season at Little Caesars Arena? Because the first season at Little Caesars Arena was 2017, but I can't remember if it was 16, 17, so, or 17, 18. Uh, 16. So I was a freshman in college in fall of 16, spring of 17, and that was the final year at the Joe. So the 16, 17 would be the last year at the Joe. So this is his first ever game playing at Little Caesars Arena, and he only played one game at Joe Louis Arena. Because the last time he suited up in a Red Wings uniform, they were at the Joe. He only played one game. And registered 13 minutes and 35 seconds. He then went on to play 18 games in 2020-2021 with the Colorado Avalanche. But it has been, as you said, four years. Four to five years, depending on what half of that season he played in. Since he suited up in a Red Wings uniform. Comes in, gets a plus two in this game. What What a beauty. What a beauty. What a beauty, man. Had a nice little hit, too. What a beaut. Oh. I, I love stories like that, man. And, and like, well, you know, like, we're having fun. The defense wasn't great. Like, no, it, it, it really wasn't. Um, and, like, I, I mean, what are, you, what, are you, what are you expecting? You know, I mean, this is a, this is a, a all over the place mix and matched. And, uh, I, you know, I did say I'd be okay with anyone besides the Kaiser with, uh, with Cider. So I I got to bite the bullet on that one. I'll, I'll take it. Jordan Osterley, um, baby. Yeah. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll, you know, hey, plus zero for the line. You know, plus minus of zero. Sure. Why not? Um, like you said, both of them had pens. The The defense really, really wasn't wasn't fantastic. And, and, and I didn't think when St. Louis was in – I thought once they got into our zone and set up shop there, I didn't think the defense was that bad. It was just the neutral zone we got dominated. Like that I mean they they were able to to waltz. They they could have they could have skated backwards and and gotten into our zone with with immense ease. And and that's more than just the defenders that you know that's that's the wings too obviously and and just like all five people it was it was not a very good um as as far as winning possession in the neutral zone and such not not a very good defensive game for for anybody um except for the man between the pipes yeah that was absolutely phenomenal and i do agree with you about they they have to be a little bit more aggressive in the neutral zone because you want to prevent them from breaking into the zone in the first place and being able to set up shop. But the man between the pipes, Alex Nadelkovich, just out of his freaking mind. Unreal, man. On his head. 
on his head. So he made 35 saves in this game to boost his save percentage. He had a save percentage in this game of 946. He boosted his season save percentage to 917. And it's slowly creeping up. It was up. 914, right? It was 914 before this game. So he raised it. He raised it 0. 0.03 in a game. Yeah, by three points. Just it is. He is slowly climbing into that elite goaltender category. Statistically speaking, he has been playing like an elite goaltender, and we've said it since that first game. After that first, the first game, game that go that that percentage skyrockets. Let me tell you. I mean, I know he's still technically qualified as a rookie. He's 26 years old. Goalies develop weird. It takes him a little bit longer at times. He is just... It is... I I think it's time, Scotty. It is time to enter Alex Nedeljkovic's name in the Calder Trophy conversation for real this time. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you. You better not. (laughs) I mean, tonight was unbelievable, dog. Like, like unreal. Made three highlight reel saves in this game. Three for, of them. For, for those of us who have uh, the Detroit Red Wings Twitter account post notifications turned on, it was wild watching the game, seeing him make a crazy save. And then, like, like you said, three or four different times, just seeing the official Red Wings just tweeting all caps, net. <laughs> like I, I mean it was it was over and over and over and he was he was unreal man I, I mean even in the third like even even like like let up the goal whatever like even in the like he was he was unbelievable the second period was ridiculous but but I I thought he was still just as good in the third even with the goal let in no absolutely he was I mean when you're faced 35 shots you're allowed to let in a goal or two for God's sakes sorry yeah, he faced absolutely. 37 shots and saved 35 of them I mean the guy was it just... was also right at the beginning of the period like that the rest of the the rest of the time he was on lockdown baby it was unreal no he and I I don't say this in jest anymore I mean obviously he was a Calder trophy finalist last season uh, in his 23 or 25 games played with the Carolina Hurricanes. You got him for a third-round draft pick for whatever gosh darn reason. The Carolina Hurricanes are thinking they wanted that third-round pick real bad. He took less money to sign with you than he was asking for from the Hurricanes. And now he's just out here making highlight reel saves and just shoving it in the face of the Hurricanes fans, much to the benefit of us Detroit Red Wings fans. And it's just... I, I, I know... It's not gonna. I, I don't say. I don't want to say. I know it's not gonna happen. But like we're looking at a situation where there is a reality where at the end of the season, when the Calder Trophy finalists are announced, and I know there's good rookies in this league outside of Detroit, but with the way Raymond has been playing, 20 points in 21 games, with how Moritz Sider has been playing strong defensively under a ton of pressure getting a ton of minutes as a rookie, still producing over half point per game himself. And with how Alex Nedeljkovic is performing with a 917 save percentage so far this season, with over a quarter of the season played, you were looking at a situation where at the end of the season, if you were a Detroit Red Wings fan, the Calder Trophy nominees could be three Detroit Red Wings rookies. Can you imagine, Scotty, 
how annoying I would be on Twitter that day? I really can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't even fathom how how much of of a of a follow I I would be that day. It would be a problem. Scotty, you are a wonderful problem to have. Much like having <laughs> three uh, rookie fin- uh, rookie finalist candidates would be. Oh darn it! <laughs> oh, that means two of them won't win it. Darn it! Just. And and the the other thing I want to talk about too, with regarding Nedeljkovic, and I I know that in the NHL, you always do this one A one B tandem nowadays. It's there's this growing, um, normality of it, I suppose, where you have a starting goaltender A and a starting goaltender B, so you split the workload. But Nedeljkovic is seriously making a case. And as Grice hasn't been horrible, but he just hasn't been as good. Nedeljkovic is seriously making a case to start taking over the bulk majority of these starts. And that we talked about it in the, you know, uh, you and Nolan rather talked, probably talked about it during the preseason where it is probably going to be a transition process where they split it 50-50 at the start of the season. And then as the season goes on, Nedeljkovic gets a little bit more of the workload if he performs up to par. He's performing above par at this point to what we are probably expecting. It's time to start giving him more of the workload if his body can take it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I don't know why you wouldn't, especially with, uh, with, with Kosa in the system. I don't know why you wouldn't give... Ned as much opportunities as he as he can handle and as you're comfortable giving him uh Grice has has been fine and is a is a very fine uh kind of kind of backup almost doesn't even get it give it uh give him enough flowers either but like a a very good you know uh number two goalie there but I, I don't I don't know why you wouldn't just see what you have in him and see how many how consistent can he be? How how often can he keep doing this? Keep throwing him into the fire, and uh, I, I mean, if you're looking at two years from now, a situation with a with a 28 year old Ned and then Kosa making his NHL, you know, cracking into the league, it's it's over. Like it's <laughs> over. It's over. I don't I don't know what else to tell you. It's just, I'm so happy right now. I <laughs> after coming off that four game losing skid. Just, you know, Nedeljkovic has been one of those players, even through the losing skid, who just continued to keep the team in games. And just, I'm so happy right now. It's just a really happy Thanksgiving. Beautiful. Beautiful. It is. It really is. We say it all the time. His goalie situation for the future went from one of the worst in the league to one of the best in about two days. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take another short, quick break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up this recap. Uh, see you then. Checks him into the high slot for Scandella. Passed across. Saved by Nadelkovic. Oh, what a stunning stop. Alex Nadelkovic. What a save. That'll play into their feet here at Little Caesars Arena. All right, Scotty. Segment three here, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Had to think what number segment we were on. After the number two, it gets a little dicey for me what comes next. I feel Uh, you. (laughs) So we have a short segment here as we drag down that uh, recap. But we want to, you know, it's Thanksgiving. We want to do a little bit of what we're thankful for. 
and doesn't have to be necessarily Red Wings based. I think most Red Wings fans out there know what we're probably thankful for with the, this Detroit Red Wings team at the moment. Um, but Scotty, I don't know if you want to lead this off or you want me to lead it off. I'm thankful for mac and cheese. Yes. Were you were you looking at that group chat today? Did you peek in there? I I saw something on it, but I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't have time to read the entire conversation. So I saw that it was brought up though. The group chat with the lockdown NHL hosts. There was a, a discourse about mac and cheese in there, and uh, I can't remember which one of it was, but one of the lockdown sharks hosts. He said, as in his words, famously, famously does not like mac and cheese. And yeah. someone responded, it's like when it comes to something like that, it's you use the word infamously. Because <laughs> yeah. who doesn't they're, love mac and cheese? They're trouble. They're trouble, man. Those they are, really are. They're great guys, though. They, they are fantastic. Content fantastic. machines, baby. Oh, my God. They're so awesome. They uh, are. Um, I'm, I am thankful for mac and cheese, though. It's absolutely. A, it's, it's an S-tier dish. Oh, absolutely. An easy dish, too. Just Easy. Yes. So good. Amazing. So good. Um, I am thankful for, obviously, the players we've always talked about. You know, Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi, Sider, Nodelkovich. There, I said them all. That's what we're thankful for. Um, but I am actually also incredibly thankful for this podcast. And not to get cheesy, but it's been a little over a month since I've joined. Uh, took over, you know co-hosting roles with you scotty been that long already it's eh? been that long already hey. and it has been an absolute blast it's been like the time of my life this is like this kind of like a little bit of a dream come true for me so you know even though, though we have to record these late at night after i get home from little caesar's arena sometimes <laughs> the energy's always there man and it's been a lot of fun it is the boys buzz baby the boys buzz we ball we, we ball. all know we ball we all know we've all. Um, I am thankful for Little Caesars Arena. A lot of people, when it first, uh, when it first opened up, kind of were like, "Oh, like it'll never be the Joe kind of a thing." And and I went to one Wings game and one Pistons game there, and I, I, I planted my flag and I started telling all my friends, and I was like, "Look, man, you you say that because the other two had a lot of winning there." Right, the Palace and the Joe had a lot of winning there, and you're bringing in two garbage teams at the time that that uh, ha- have nothing and aren't going to sell out stands and aren't going to be anything. This is a damn nice facility. It really is. It is. It is incredible. But there's no like quote unquote culture there yet. There's no like feeling. Because it's brand new and, and we haven't won anything there yet. We won so much. Both teams at their old one won so much and were so successful at their old arenas. And I, I always – and I, I got clowned on a lot for it on by, by friends and, and people on social media and stuff. And I was like, look, man, I'm telling you, when, when we start – when those teams start winning and start defending home ice and home court and, and, and start – like, you know, raise a banner or two in there that I promise you the city is going to love it. I promise you everybody is going to realize how great it is. It just it doesn't have any personality yet because it's too new. And I think we're finally starting to see some of that. And, and people are starting to realize that we should be really appreciative for how nice 
that place really is. That is a fantastic place to watch a basketball game and a fantastic place to watch a hockey game. And I think as the teams get get better, um, people are going to kind of start turning the corner more and more on it. I am 100% in agreement with you, and I'm going to say it. As a fan who grew up attending games at Joe Louis Arena, the only redeeming quality about that stadium was the fact that four championships were won there. It was a dump. Guys, Joe Louis Arena was a dump. And if it was our dump, it, but it was, but it was a dump. our dump. If you are sentimental about the piss trials, <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. Like the the reason people loved it was because it was so weird because no one, no modern stadium had that. man after a couple of gin, ginger ales trying to walk down the stairs of death. Oh boy. And that sticky was as hell trying to walk down those uneven <laughs> crazy. Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was a time. It was a time. Yeah. I'm also absolutely grateful for, and I'm grateful to the Lucy's Arena too. I second everything you said about it. Like you're, you were 100 percent spot on when you said it to your friends 2017, and you've been proven right every step of the way as this team kind of grows into the arena. Both teams do. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm gonna keep going. I'm grateful for the Detroit Tigers for finally bringing up their young talent, for finally making moves in free agency. They have one more move they got to make though. They just got They got to do it. They got to do it. Um, but like Comerica Park is a beautiful ballpark and it always has been and it continues to be. And watching Tigers baseball is finally fun again. At least, you know, three out of the five games in a row, you know, when the the, qual- the, the starters you want are on the mound. But like every time Akil Badu gets to the plate, hell, when Eric Haas was getting to the plate, it was even like, oh, wow, now I'm going to watch because he had kind of a clutch factor. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's. I'm thankful for the Tigers finally getting out of the seemingly getting out of that rebuild, and so that's just something you know. As a huge Tigers fan myself, that that is something that I'm super pumped for. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez is going to be here now. Like, let's go, dude. It's a beauty. I I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth. If you I say Lions, thankful. I swear to God, I'm going to slap you. I am thankful for the Detroit Lions, and my one reason. Okay, my one reason is that we are one of only two fan bases in the entire country that every single Thanksgiving we get to wake up and get ready and watch our football team play. And it might be a guaranteed loss. I get it. I, I agree with you. <laughs> but but that, that privilege and that, that kind of honor almost to – be be one of only two teams that every single year we're playing on Thanksgiving. Um, it's it's made for a lot of of memories in my family and for thousands of families all in in Detroit and, and probably across the country. So as as heartbreaking as they are and, and as much pain as they've brought me and how <laughs> unthankful I am for them on so many levels, I am thankful for them in the sense that that. They have always been, and hopefully will always be, uh, part of my part of my Thanksgiving ritual. And if I was a fan of twenty eight other teams, or well, they have thirty two teams, right? So yeah. thirty other teams uh, in the NFL, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have those. So that's absolutely true. 
Um, I think the final one I have is definitely a little bit more of a personal one, but I am uh, definitely thankful for my roommates and my girlfriend who have been super supportive of my passion and this podcast. My prior podcasts, when I was getting like 10 to 20 listeners, always there listening at the time weekly. And now as we, I transition into Lockdown Red Wings podcast every day, all, all of them listening every single day to support me and giving me constructive feedback, even though they're not even Red Wings fans. But the fact that they're willing to listen and support me, that means so much to me. So I'm sure you guys are listening. I just want to say thank you guys for always tuning in and always supporting me. Beauty. We love we love support. My last one is um, that I am thankful, even though I would I would drop him in a fight. I am thankful for Nolan Bianchi <laughs> for uh, for 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 laying laying a ton of groundwork for this, and and I'm I'm obviously incredibly grateful for 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 you, Brian, and and this network and giving me this opportunity to to try and get my foot in the door in this in this industry as a as a as a kid who's who's dropped out and and every like everything that that everything in my life leading me to this is pretty unreal and uh nolan is definitely a big part of that so even though he he does not want to meet me in the cage (laughs) i uh i'm 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 pretty thankful for that guy yeah i actually that's a good one too i should second that as well because if it weren't for Nolan, I, I mean, he's the one who recommended me to take over after he left to help, you know, as we, we share these co-hosting duties. And, you know, Nolan, you know, we've had hours after recordings of just talking about life in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we joke around about how he like deleted my contact information. But in all honesty, <laughs> I still text Nolan pretty daily about yeah. it. And like you said, he did set the groundwork for this, like. Any success that we have been see- we have been seeing is partly in part because of Nolan doing all the groundwork, doing yeah, all the well legwork, pulling the yeah. piano, so to speak, for well over big- a year to build this listenership up. And so, yeah, big shout out to that guy. Man. Cool dude. I I drop him in one hit, but you know he's the man. <laughs> he is the man. All right, Scotty. Any final thoughts? Um, happy Thanksgiving, baby. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all you listeners, too. And before I let you go, I do still got to talk to you guys about Locked On Bets. Um, make them your second listening, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. We'll be back with a uh, Friday episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every single day, baby. You're locked on Red Wings. Your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.